All right, guys, welcome into the Walkout Podcast. We are back in our little makeshift studio here. Ooh. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm Lance McCullers Jr., one of your hosts of the Walkout. And I'm Carlos Correa, and we got a lot to talk about. UFC 252 Ooh. deliver, DC, Stipe, that was a great fight, great card. And, man, we can't wait to speak about it. DC is going to retire after this fight. We think. Yeah, hopefully. We think. I mean, I want to see him retire, so yeah. we'll touch more on that. But definitely a great career. Um, Stipe, great performance. And, you know, we saw a lot of people that are up and coming that are going to do great things for the business. Yeah, the boys are on a four-game winning streak, mm. back over 500, or supposed to be uh looking to finish the 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 homestand strong and uh get a good episode in today you ready i'm ready let's do it all right baby here we go episode 14 hold on they'll cut it any number one coming up right now all right baby any number one and of course we're going to start off with the ufc 252 recap as carlos said was a humongously anticipated uh, card and um, with some with some legends on this card, man. You had Junior Dos Santos, you had Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier, obviously. Um, you know, and we had some other. Uh, you know, Herbert Burns is on there. We had some. We had some guys. We had some newcomers in, in the prelims. Um, you know, you also had Miller on the on the prelims as well. So top to bottom, man, this card this card was pretty good. Uh, what impressed you the most, and um, what were you the, the most disappointed about? Oof, what impressed me the most, I got to go with the performance of the night by our hometown boy from H-Town, Daniel Pineda. Yes, baby. Um, everybody expected Herbert Burns to go out there and dominate this fight. And, you know, uh, Black Bell and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, brother of Gilbert Burns, that's going to compete soon against Kamaru Usman for the championship. Yeah, yep. And Daniel Pineda, man, on a short notice, he put on a great performance. He put on a crucifix, finished a Black Belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. In a crucifix. Crucifix. On the ground in a crucifix, he couldn't get out. Um, it was a great performance by him, and I'm so happy for him because you know uh, that was his comeback to the UFC. Yeah, he put on it's a great time performance. In six years. So hopefully he will get a big fight next yeah. that will keep you know making him uh, climb the rankings. And uh, you know for me that was the performance of the night um, for the UFC also. But man, that was surprising because I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, like you said, six years not inside the UFC. Um, got a two week I believe notice uh, for this fight. Uh, took it, said he wasn't in his best shape of his life, but had a good 15 rounds, 15 minutes uh, in him. Herbert Burns, I was a little disappointed because he came in, miss, miss weight by three pounds. Mm -hmm. Now, when you miss weight by three pounds, we don't really know what was going on. We don't know if it was a, uh, a, a training camp issue, an injury issue, whether it was just, you know, not really well disciplined, maybe the two week um, new opponent. Maybe there was some lag time there where he kind of took off some training, but I was expecting a really good um, performance by him. In the second round, he had top control. He had back control. Other than maybe, what, one triangle choke, he really didn't do too yeah. much. And then uh, Daniel Pineda flipped him, um, and you heard on the broadcast, they mentioned that was a gas tank issue, and then he finished him, man. So Daniel Pineda, bro, congratulations. H-Town MMA stand up. Um, awesome performance by him. Yeah, I expected more from Herbert Burns on the ground. You know, when you look at Gilbert Burns, he's good all around. But when you look at the Burns brothers, their their jujitsu is, is right. off the charts, hundred percent. And Pineda completely dominated him. He had top control, like you like you said, and he uh, Pineda reversed him and ended up uh, finishing the fight. So I expected more from Burns. I think he will get better from here. Um, but he definitely needs a lot of work, uh, especially on the feet. In the feet, he looked very good. No, he was getting those takedowns. They, they look great. But he's got to be better on the mat yeah i agree and uh the other fight of the night came super early maybe some people may have seen it some may have not um kamaka versus uh tony kelly the first fight on the early prelims uh, was the decision and uh that, that was an awesome fight that was a, that, that was a back and forth war yeah it's crazy because they were even on the strikes 114 a piece on three rounds in three rounds 114 that's crazy that's nuts i mean to put in perspective stipe and cormier fought five rounds and stipe landed 115 Cormier landed 105. This guy landed was, 114. And that that, that was a that was a nonstop kind of back and forth back main and event, forth, bro. This this is crazy. It, it definitely deserved uh, fight of the night. And, and it's always good to see the guys in the prelims win it because you know the big boys are making the big cash, but these guys sometimes are making twenty thousand just to show up. Maybe. So it's good that they get those fifty k. Both of them, they put on a great performance. They made weight, so they get their bonus. I want to ask you a question before we continue. 
Dominic Cruz and Joe Rogan on the on the fight call were talking a little bit about the octagon. That seemed to be like a a heavy topic. They kept mm-hmm. revisiting, revisiting, revisiting. Do you like the small octagon or do you like the bigger normal octagon? Because yesterday, maybe it was because we saw a bunch of fights on Fight Island. That that octagon looked so teeny mm-hmm. the other night. Yeah, it, it, it looked small. The apex a lot smaller. And uh, Cruz and Joe, and Joe Rogan were going back and forth on it. And he asked him if he preferred fighting in the in the bigger octagon. Obviously, Dominic Cruz is a guy that depends on footwork, yep. staying out of range, moving around. So when you put a smaller octagon for him, then he can move as much. He will get caught off. And then that's when, when he gets a uh, punch in the face. So, you know, for, from, from a fan's perspective, I prefer the smaller mm. octagon. 114 strikes in three rounds yes, doesn't happen inside of a normal size octagon. I want to see war. I want to see people going at it toe-to-toe. That's why I'm so excited about this Costa and Adesanya fight. Because Adesanya is the guy that prefers the bigger octagon because he wants to move around, yep. keep uh, his opponents at distance because he's so long. But Costa, he's a dog, man. He's going to go after you. He's not going to stop. He might gas out, but he will keep throwing. So I think the small octagon is going to make that fight very interesting. So from a fan's perspective... The smaller octagon all day, baby. Yeah, so starting off the night in the main card, we had John Dobson versus Marab um, Dalvishevil. Um, he won the fight. It was a decision. I was more impressed with Marab than you were. You thought it was an extremely boring fight. Yeah. Um, J- John just wasn't doing much. John wasn't doing much. This was all Marab pushing the pace, throwing the strikes, doing his thing. Um, I thought he looked pretty impressive. I thought I thought he looked good. His cardio is ridiculous. Um, John Dobson's no, no, you know, he's 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 no slouch um, there in that bantamweight division. So um, I think Marab, I think Marab's gonna have a little bit of a run here. Yeah, I think I think I'll give a little bit of credit to Dotson just because Marab went for twenty takedowns or something like that. Yeah, and he, he only did stuff landed two. Yeah, so he was stuffing them. But at the same time, I was not too impressed with Marab because if you're uh, a wrestler and you're gonna go out there to try to take people down, you gotta secure these takedowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was throwing him down. He was not securing them, and that's why he was not getting credited with a takedown. So for me, when you're carrying somebody like you know the elite grapplers in the game and you put them down on the mat you gotta secure the takedown and that's why i was not too impressed with him because it's not only about putting the guy on the mat it's securing the takedown and causing damage and for me if you're gonna try 20 takedowns and secure only two that's a problem but at the same time some props to dodson he was real quick he was popping back up he was making it tough on he's one of, he was one of the best he's one of the better um takedown defense guys in the ufc mm-hmm. i mean you saw him up against the cage when uh, Marab had him against the cage, he had both of his legs clamped. He would use his right arm. He'd push off his right arm, keep his hips up off the ground, and as soon as Marab would try to readjust, he would use the cage to pop up. You don't see that that kind of level, but you only see that bantam weights. Other, well, yeah, other than Dodson, you know, stuffing some takedowns, he was he was pretty stagnant during this fight. Um, so you know. It, it, it was a kind of a, uh, a lukewarm start to the main card. But uh, we talked about Pineda. He looked awesome. Junior Dos Santos versus Rosenstruck. Mm. Um, I've, I, I, was, I was more impressed with Rosenstruck uh, the other night than yeah. I have been in the past. Yeah, Rosenstruck, uh, he's, he's really good. He's really good. I think he's going to be competing for the championship at some point. Uh, Dos, Anjo, Dos Santos is, is no bomb, bro. This no. guy was a champion. He beat Cain Velasquez. He's beat a lot of guys that have been at the top of this division. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a veteran. But Rosenstrike, he was he was so good on the feet. You know, he was setting him up. Every time Dos Santos wanted to throw that right hand, he would counter with the left hook. And the guy has massive power, brother. I yeah. mean, he needs to touch you and you go down, kind of like Francis Ngannou. So um, I think he has a bright future. I think he learned and he was motivated by that loss to Ngannou. And he's going to be a, he's gonna be a force of reckoning in that division for yeah. sure. I, mean, I was actually pretty impressed by Santos. I don't know what the official scorecards read. I thought Santos won the first round. Um, he was he was doing well with his range. He was using his kicks. Rosenstruck was really in the first round. Actually, wrote, um, Junior landed uh, a nice left and a really nice right in that first round. Um, Rosenstruck seemed to be hell bent on establishing that leg kick mm-hmm. and getting and getting uh, Dos, Dos Santos off of that jab to be able to throw his right hand. And then, as you said, in the, in the second round, Rosenstruck started to walk him down. Use the apex. Use a smaller cage. Mm-hmm. You saw you saw Junior kind of start. To I don't want to say freak out, but he was definitely trying to move and was getting cut off. And then, like you said, bro, he got touched once or twice, and 
and it was 99. Yeah, when Yersinia would go on his little sprint, he looks fast for how big he is. He's throwing some good kicks. Yeah, Biggie Boy can move, and he's really good kickboxer. Uh, John Anik was saying, and he really showed, man. He's quick. He's caught powerful. That, he caught that one kick from Santos. Yeah, I, the, the chin, I don't know if he's tested yet because Engano, you know, put him down and he didn't hit him that hard, but it's Engano, so mm-hmm. at the same time, we'll see. Never know. <laughs> but he's got some good options, bro. I mean, he's got Derek Lewis out there waiting he's got curtis blades, curtis blades waiting so i think one of those fights are gonna happen next for him and he's he's really scary man he yeah. can beat these guys um if, if he fights like he fought on on saturday so i'm really excited to see what's next for him and to see um his future on hold yeah shout out to Derek lewis had an awesome win versus uh the bowl constrictor which i was i think rightfully so a teeny bit nervous i think i was nervous because i love Derek lewis mm-hmm. and i and I, he's from houston and i'm always pulling for him and i was just nervous in the first round he was he was putting that squeeze on him mm. but i think Derek lewis just he's just too he do dick yeah did that big boy <laughs> he's got no neck he got, he's got he, no neck he's just too big and no Derek lewis looked really good he looked quick and um he doesn't seem like he wants to fight for quite some time until he loses a little bit more weight to keep that cardio and those kicks up so i think rosenstruck versus blades would be an awesome fight that would be a great fight um you know blades gonna try to take him down but biggie boy is real big he's so, a big boy bro you know he, he's, he's in that the british schwab fit yeah, club yeah, for I mean, sure only takes one it only takes one so you know excited about that fight if it happens yeah yeah. All right. And then the co-main event, we had the Bantamweight fight versus Sean Sugar O'Malley and uh, Marlon Chito uh, Vera. This fight, um, this fight ended disappointing and ended disappointing yeah. for even if you are the most casual of casual MMA fans and you tuned in specifically to see the Sugar show. Um, this was a, uh, it was a tough loss. And now with what we're hearing about the x-ray seems to be a little bit, a little bit tougher. Talk to me about this fight a little bit. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's spend some time on this because, because yeah. I think it's really important to know because O'Malley, he's, he's a undefeated prospect. The UFC is, you know, talking about him like he's the next Conor McGregor and they got promos for him and they put him in the co-main event. He hasn't fought a top 15 guy yet. And he just broke fight. into the top 15. Yeah, but he hasn't fought anybody Correct. in the top 15. So they put Chito Vera, who, you know, lost his song um, on May, but he, we, all, close we all saw him win close that fight. fight, and everybody said he won that fight. So he was mad. He was frustrated. He gets his big fight. He trains super hard. He goes out there. He puts up a great performance. But when you look at Sean O'Malley, he looks so great. He looked quick. He looked, looked, he looked crisp. His leg kicks were there. Body kicks were there. He was Movement. setting him up for probably a head kick later. And all of a sudden, Cheeto lands a, a, a calf kick or maybe a, a, a kick on, on the knee. And O'Malley, he starts limping. He immediately flipped those. He immediately flipped the stance. Exactly. Immediately. So when you're looking at the fight, he's like, oh, he felt that one. But then you see his ankle like roll forward. And then he starts complaining. He goes down. the The defense on the on the mat was terrible. He was getting crushed with some elbows. The referee stops the fight. So you're like, "Oh, bad luck!" Like he got hurt. It was an accident. He rolled his ankle, so that's why he hurt. But when we rewatch the fight, that kick has some massive mm. effect. And it wasn't right legs. away. I no. mean, I mean, it was like a good two minutes. O'Malley was staggering around the 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 arena, the octagon, trying to get that grasp with his leg back and he kept yeah. it, it looked like he was doing the stanky leg so bro. coach cabana who is his conor mcgregor's um coach he said on twitter he said the right common peroneal nerve so it makes your ankle go numb so you can dorsiflex the ankle you can move your ankle around and that's what it looked like it looked like he hit that nerve perfectly and then O'Malley couldn't move around as well so he started to freaking to freak out you could see he you could see it on his face. Yeah. He was limping. He didn't know what to do. He went down on his back and then after that he was done. And you know, the the referee stopped the fight. There was nothing else to watch. He was getting crushed with some elbows. He probably had at the time we thought his knee was blown out. Joe Rogan was I thought saying, he had a torn ACL. His ankle was broken, Dominic Cruz was saying. So we're getting all these, you know, assumptions and we're thinking, Oh damn, this is a serious injury. But now the X ray doesn't show anything anything is, is broken. So we're waiting on the MRI. But it was really disappointing to see him because I've seen a lot of fighters get kicked on the same spot. Sehudo uh, has gotten kicked there by Moraes. 
um, a couple times. Then he he was going down against Mighty Mouse when Mighty Mouse caught him yep. on the calf kick also. And he went down like three times in that round. He still uh, found ways to win those fights. So it was kind of upsetting to see that uh, and see him lose his undefeated status by yeah. by that calf kick. Yeah, well, Joe Rogan even said that he was definitely having some calf or leg problems and was hoping he, he could get to the stool and, and, and maybe regain himself. I think, I thought the stoppage was a teeny bit early We've watched the replay a couple of times. We were going back and forth debating whether or not Sean O'Malley was was out, was lights were out for a couple seconds. Uh, Cheeto landed some vicious elbows mm. and a really nice left down there when he had when he had top control. Um, it just sucks, bro, because you know Sean O'Malley. Although as we mentioned, he's never fought anyone inside the top fifteen. He just broke inside the top fifteen, mm-hmm. but he was doing what he needed to do on his road, we were hoping to start him because um, this guy, he has it all, bro. He has the movement. He has the kicks. He has crazy pop in his hands. He says he's fallen in love with the um, jiu-jitsu game, and I believe him. So, you know, you, you're, you're thinking this guy is the total and whole package and something like this happens. But I got to give credit to Cheeto, man. This was not a injury in camp. This was not a freak accident. Cheeto caused that reaction from O'Malley and then finished him. It caused chaos. It caught, you know, he, he caused that problem with, with the leg kick and was smart. He knew, he knew he was hurt. Mm -hmm. He was walking him down. O'Malley was actually, yeah, O'Malley was actually kind of getting off some rights as Cheetah was walking him down, but he was just waiting for his time, bro. So congrats to, uh, you know, Cheeto. I I think that, um, he's only 27 years old, bro, 16 and six and one inside the UFC. Um, like you said, his last fight, uh, to a top 15 guy was extremely close. So, um, we, we always, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. We always talked about O'Malley when he, uh, will fight a wrestler. How, how will he look on the mat? And now that we see this fight against Cheeto and he went on his back his defense was terrible. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna base off. I'm not gonna base my whole opinion on his ground game based off of that five seconds when he was trying to hold his leg more than anything. I think well, this he was, was the a, first he was time. Guard. He was on guard. I know, but he was worried about his leg. He didn't give a shit about the fight anymore. You got. You got to pull that neck. Like like you 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 got to at least defend. <laughs> you got you got to so pick if, your head up or something. If, if you're saying that you're falling in love with jujitsu and, and 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 the grappling and everything, like at least you got you got 20 seconds left. You got to survive for 20 seconds. So grab the head, pull him near you, make sure he doesn't land. But he 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 like put his yeah. hand on his face it like was, this. I know it wasn't great, um, but. I, I, I think this may, if this turns out to be nothing, if the MRI comes back clean, if the x-ray uh, come, comes back clean as well, which we're hearing it is, um, th- this must have been the first time he's dealt with this. Yeah. Because when that kick landed, he didn't know what to do. The first time this, he's been on his back too. This wasn't a guy who has dealt with this in training camps or a previous fight. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- you know, So I think that the worst that comes out of this situation is... The MRI is clean. The x-ray is clean. He kind of looks bad to some of the other fighters. They've been calling him out a little bit, yeah. but he knows what to do if this happens again moving forward, and I still think this guy has crazy potential. Yeah, I mean, I think Aljamain Sterling is going to be champion soon in that division. He's the best grappler in that division. So I think, you know, if he keeps climbing, um, he's going to face a champion like Aljamain. His grappling is going to get a lot better because oh, what he sure. showed me on the ground. Oh, that's for sure. That's he no doubt. showed me that he was unexperienced and he showed me that he needs a lot more work. Yeah, that's no doubt. So hopefully it's nothing bad. Hopefully he gets back out there soon and keeps, you know, going up in the rankings. Yeah. So in the heavyweight main mm. event, the trilogy fight we were all waiting for, Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. For the record, I had my boy Stipe pulling this off. Um, our boy Michael Carter-Williams and Carlos were pulling heavy for, for Cormier. Um Talk to me about this fight. Talk to me about what you thought the turning point was, because I know what I thought the turning point was, and uh, what 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 you think um, the ramifications for Stipe and, and obviously Daniel are going to be. Well, the fight for this, the, the hype for this fight was real, man. I mean, the winner of this fight will be proclaimed as the greatest heavyweight of all time, the goat yes. of the heavyweights. And Stipe showed that he truly is the greatest heavyweight of all times. I mean, this fight, Cormier started out strong. The first round was back and forth. He landed that punch at the end of the round. Stipe takedown almost first. went down. The takedown was great. And I said, damn, Cormier looks great. I, he might win this fight. I mean, he, he didn't look great 
physically like he physically, looked good in the cage fighting. He, he, my boy thick, but but he, he looked he looked good. He looked good. So he lands a takedown first round. He lands on the clinch like he's always done against Gustafson, against even John. He's land that that's his technique. Johnson. That's that's what he does. He gets you on the clinch. He grabs your neck. He gets you with the uppercuts with some hooks, which he dropped Stipe in the first fight with, and he was landing that. But then Stipe made some adjustments. When Cormier would try to grab the neck, he will stop the hand. He will push him against the cage. He will get the double underhooks, and then Cormier didn't know what to do. And then Stipe would grab that right hand. And you saw it at the end of the fight when Cormier was in an interview. He said, we were not prepared for that. We didn't know that Stipe was going to go for the double underhooks. I couldn't get away from it. It gave me trouble. And that's pretty much what won Stipe the fight because he had three minutes of clinch control in two of five rounds and he won those rounds just by clinch control and then he'll yeah. get some shots off here and there he'll win the round but Stipe made the right adjustments to win that fight the smaller cage he was moving around like nothing he was moving around like he was a flyweight man his feet were light his hands were quick he did everything he could to win that fight and that's why he's the baddest man on the planet bro the 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 movement that I saw from Stipe at heavyweight was was light heavyweight mm-hmm. type movement bro this dude was creating angles this dude was was sidestepping he would I mean, he was all over it other than the first round like you said it was back and forth back and forth uh cormier did land that overhand right mm-hmm. uh where he kind of ducks down and, and throws throws the overhand right it clips deep in he probably would have gone down if it wasn't up against the cage that cage helped him kind of bounce back and then he he got the takedown which was uh which is fairly easy takedown cormier looked really good on that takedown but after that the second round Stipe started to to pour it on. The movement was there. Cormier um, even said that Stipe's head never moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, bro, this guy looked like he was training in a Rocky movie under the ropes. I mean, he mm-hmm. was doing it all. Um, and the right hand, the multiple right hands that Stipe landed at the end of that second round uh, changed the entire fight. Cormier, yeah. from that moment on, I don't really think he was was all there he in the corner at, in, during that break in the second round he was asking his coaches did I, did I go down my top of my head I, I don't really know what's you know and in the third round uh Dominic Cruz was saying that oh DC always takes third rounds off he always had takes a third hey he needed it hey it wasn't it was he wasn't taking it off because he wanted to he mm-hmm. he my man was hurting he needed it and he yeah. he took a he ate a couple more big rights yeah. in in that third round so um people are gonna point to the eye poke mm-hmm. no. let's let's get something clear yeah Cormier landed a disgusting eye poke <laughs> in the first round on Miocic who actually already had been having retina problems which is why the fight kind of got backed up I watched the fight six times minimum Cormier's left eye. From the second that second round ended, from the third round, the beginning of the third round, he was grabbing at it, and it was slumped. From yeah. the second the third round started, his eye, his left eye slumped down. It was half closed, and he was touching it the whole time. So way before the eye poke happened, Cormier's um, Cormier's eye was, was was super, super compromised. Yeah, I, th- I think what, what you mean is that he was getting bruises around, around his area, but the way his eye looked after the eye poke, I mean, he... Like he, I knew, I knew you were gonna like say this. Different. I knew you were gonna say this, so I had pictures. Hold on, hold on. I had pictures. His eyeball looked like it was going everywhere, bro. It looked scary. It that's that doesn't happen by a punch. We see guys get punched every Saturday and doesn't happen when he he has a torn cornea, bro. I mean, Stipe digged all the way in there, and yes, he got punched a lot by that right hand, and that right hand lands on that, you know, on on on, on that eye, especially that I hook. You, I want you to look up there real quick. You see this? Yeah, I see that. This is his eye before the eye poke. No chance, bro. This is his eye. Prove me. Where does he say round? Before the eye poke. Right here. Right here. This is after the clinch. This is the second round. I'm sorry. That's the eye poke. Third round. Third round. Oh, shit. That's the eye poke. I thought I had you. Third round. (laughs) Bro, his eyeball was going everywhere. It felt like he was blind. Look. But. Look at this. Yeah, he was fine there. But at the same time. I'm not saying that he would have won the fight if the eye poke didn't happen. He was not going to win that fight. Stipe showed that he was the better fighter through the course of five rounds. But at the same time, I got to say, I thought Cormier would have a better game. Wait, no, time. No, this is right. The eye poke happened at the end of the third. Yeah, it did. Yeah, this this is his eye right here. Look, this is him in the third round at minute three. 
You can see on the bottom, he's, he's grabbing that eye. This is him in the clinch right before he broke out and touched his eye. This well, is this is the third round before the eye poke. I'm right. No, I, no, no, no. I can I can I can say that's before. I the took third pictures. Round. This is in the third round before but, the eye poke. These are all pictures from the third. Look. So I gotta take you for your word. This is the third round right here. Third round, minute three zero five. I don't see the. I'm eye just there. telling you, he's grabbing at his eye. He's. This is after the clinch work. These all pictures to are me, from the clinch work. To me, it looks like he was sweating and he was look getting rid of the sweat. This is in the clinch before he touches before he touches his eye. But what round is this? That? Is in the cl- this is in the third round. So I gotta take your word for it. We'll go back and watch it. But I'm telling you guys, <laughs> so everyone, I gotta take his word for it. Even look, though it doesn't say third. Look round up there. But it doesn't say the round, so I gotta take your word for but it. But I took the picture for the round right here. These are all in the same series of pictures, guys. He's he's trying to fool fool with me here. I'm not. But I'm trying to say. Listen, I never said that. I never. I've never told you that he was gonna win that fight if the eye poke didn't happen. He was gonna lose that fight no matter what. Stipe was the better man, but at the same time, I thought Cormier would have a better game plan. The takedown was easy in the first round. He didn't go back to it. He didn't mention that Stipe's legs were not there for it. I think he was a little tired. The second round changed the landscape of the fight. Like Mike Tyson always says. When you get punched, your game plan goes to shit. So when he got punched in that second round, at the end of the second round, and he went to the corner and he said, did I get dropped? When he was on his ass, holding on to Stipe, uh, for waiting for the life. round to, to, to be over, and then you're telling me, put, put ice on top of my head, like you're out of it. I mean, that's when the game plan went to shit. And I think that's what made Stipe win the fight. The second round was the key of the fight. Cormier took the third round off because he needed some rest. He needed to recover from those punches. Fourth round, uh, uh, a judge gave it to Cormier. He looked yeah. better there. And then fifth round, it was all Stipe. So props to Stipe. You're the baddest man on the planet. You're the greatest heavyweight. You're going to fight in Ghana next. So we can't wait for that fight. But honestly, this fight was so much fun to watch. These are the best heavyweights out there right now. Does uh does Stipe does Stipe finally does finally does he jump does he jump Cormier and your uh and your and your and your personal pound for pound? Uh, he he has to because he beat him twice, knocked him out once. It's just that the status of double champ and be able to dominate two division. Uh, puts them real close, but but Stipe doesn't have that ability. He's too he's too yeah, tall. He's too big. True, but the fact that Stipe beat him twice convincingly, I think I think Stipe should jump ahead. Yeah, but it's just so hard because Cormier did in two divisions. You I know understand what I mean? against the best of the best. But Stipe, his my resume boy, my boy Stipe looking tight. Yeah, he looked great. He, he looking great. tight for thirty eight. He's turning thirty eight on Wednesday, so. It yeah. looks real good. Hell of a fight. Really good card. Um, Stipe in D.C., uh, great trilogy. And uh, congrats to uh, the baddest man on the planet and the baddest heavyweight of all time. You got any number two. What's next for all of these fighters and more coming up right now? All right, any number two, and we have one of my favorite segments personally. It's called the What's Next. If you're new to the podcast, you haven't heard it yet, we're going to run down a couple of fighters, um, some that fought on this card, some that have fought on another uh, previous card, and we are going to talk about what we think is next for them and their UFC future. So we're going to piggyback off the last inning. We're going to start with Stipe. Um, I already asked you if you think he's in your top five now. I agree. I think he's one of the he's definitely the best heavyweight of all time. And I do think that he is inside firmly. It should be everyone's top top five, but I already had him in mind. I had him at five, Cormier at six, but this cements his his status, maybe maybe even pushing it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's hard to argue that, man. The greatest heavyweight of all times. He's been finishing this guy's I had a war with Cormier now. I mean, yeah, I cannot argue that. Yeah. I'm glad that you finally see the light. Yeah. I mean, he, he beat my boy twice. So, yeah. I'll, I'll put him five and, and switch now with Cormier and put him six. Excellent. Um, but still, that double champ status, man, makes me want to put him five, but he beat him twice, so I yeah. can't do it. Yeah, for sure. So, we got Dana White saying that he is waiting to hear from John Jones about a potential light heavyweight uh, championship bout coming up do you think he takes another light heavyweight fight 
or do you think he moves up now that we see how the 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 heavyweight division is now shaken out? Well, when I look at John Jones' Instagram and I see him squatting with heavy weights and try to gain some, you know, muscle on his legs, I'm thinking that he's getting ready for a heavyweight debut. Mm, look at that insight. When 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 I look at the uh, the light heavyweight division and you look at, you know, Dominic Reyes, Thiago Santos, Jan Blackowish and all those guys, John beat those guys already except for John. So there's nothing exciting for John in that division anymore. Yeah, they were close fights, but he still won. You know what I mean? So when you look at the heavyweights now, you get Stipe versus Francis and Gano. And then the winner fights John Jones. For me, that sounds like something that will motivate John Jones to be a two-way division champion. A lot of people call him the GOAT, including myself. But if he can get... Another oh, belt, my that gosh. just cements his status. He should be number one on everybody's list. So I think that's what's next for John Jones, the heavyweight championship against Engano or Stipe, yeah. whoever wins that fight. I agree. I, I There's interviews going back to like 2014, bro, mm-hmm. 2013 of John Jones teasing his move to heavyweight. I mean, this guy has been talking about moving to heavyweight for literally 10 years, and I think it's finally time. And I think what you mentioned is, is, is the best is the best reason. He has no motivation at light heavyweight anymore. Mm-hmm. We see these fights. We're not getting the best version of John Jones. John oh. Jones goes to the Super Bowl, probably hitting the booger sugar <laughs> before he fights Dominic Reyes, yeah. partying with his brother at the Super Bowl a week before his fight with Dominic Reyes. I mean, John Jones has been a champion forever and has dedicated himself to this sport. And and and, and a guy who has done what he's done wouldn't be doing that if he really was thinking that he had a tough challenge ahead of him. True. I think the move up with the way the heavyweight division is right now, bro, you can give him Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, Francis Ngannou, or Stipe, or even Daniel Cormier if they can work that out. All of those fights are tough tough fights for John. They're bigger, more power. The wrestling is there with Curtis Blades. I mean, Stipe can wrestle, you know, along with Joan as well. So um, the time is now for John. I think they're either going to give John the heavyweight championship fight immediately, or they're going to make a fight with 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 Francis and John. Yeah, because Stipe is probably gonna probably gonna chill for a little while. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's not fair if they don't give it to Francis. The dude's been knocking everybody out. Four knockouts in a row inside the first round. So, but Francis had his title shot. Yeah, he did. A couple and of years John ago, John Jones is considered the goat. Yeah. So if a goat is coming up, if the goat of MMA is coming up, I mean, if you're to getting- a heavyweight, that would jump a four knockouts fight streak. I think so. Um. If you're giving Cody Garbrandt a chance to compete for the flyweight uh, title, why not give the GOAT the chance but to compete for the But it's different because the flyweights... No, I'm, I'm, fly I'm saying that your point is, is right. Right, okay, okay. That's okay, what okay. I'm saying. Right, okay. That if you're giving Cody Garbrandt, a guy that's been knocked out three times in a row and just beat the number five, you're giving him a chance to compete for another title in another division, why not give the GOAT a go at the heavyweight championship yeah. right away, which is what you're saying. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like Francis has earned his championship fight and I think if Francis beats Stipe, it will be a bigger fight than Jones Stipe. Right, and that's that. To your point, that's the difference. I mean, you got the you got the, uh, the flyweight division here. You got Joseph Benavides, who Figueroa's lost to twice. You got Brandon Moreno, who is a solid fighter, but I don't think a lot of people really know him. Mm-hmm. You have a you know you have a list of a bunch of other guys that um, aren't really they're not going to be sell. a big draw. So they're going to say, hey, let's take Cody Garbrandt, the number three length, uh, ranked bantamweight, because we know that Sterling and Mariah is probably ahead of him for a title shot mm-hmm. let's bring him down to face figueroa if figueroa beats him convincingly then what happens now figueroa comes up and they have a big fight there for um for, for a possible double chance status. money moves that's what i call money moves right there by the yeah. ufc so i think that um i think that the ufc can do as they please they've, they've shown that but it would make sense in this case um I love a Francis Johns fight. You know why? Because even if John wins that fight and Francis loses, Francis goes nowhere. He stays right there waiting waiting for a title shot soon. Yeah. It's, it just won't sell as much as if you champion versus champion. Oh, I understand. That promotion. But how but. much longer can John be crowned a lightweight heavy champion? If John doesn't take this fight, that uh, 
that Dana alluded to or doesn't doesn't move up, he'll he's got to be stripped. Yeah, he'll backate the title. So then he's not point. champion. Yeah, he's just a goat. A goat. Yeah. yeah. So you next guy here, we got Daniel Cormier. You think you think you think DC's really done, or or do you think that this that this fight is gonna is not gonna sit well with him? DC is very well done. He's he's done for real. He had a great career, and we'll touch up on that on on the DC tribute on the next inning. But I think he's done. It's it's yeah. time to hang them gloves up. I agree. I mean, DC has done everything you could want to do in um, in mixed martial arts and as as a combat career. I mean, Olympic champion, Pan Games uh, uh, award. He was not Olympic champion. He competed. At the I'm Olympics. sorry, he competed yeah. at the Olympics, but he has won gold medals and and bronze and silvers and and many other um, wrestling, you know, worldwide wrestling events. He was the champion in Strike Force. He was the lightweight. He was the heavyweight, and he is an amazing commentator he is is. and i think he has an amazing family and some young kids at home and this is going to be an easy uh transition for him yeah he's got a lot of jobs which we'll touch on 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 the next inning but yeah this is done all right sean o'malley sean o'malley i mean we gotta see the mri what it shows how much time he's gonna be out but i think i think he needs to fight a top 15 guy he needs to bounce back in a big way so a top 15 guy will be fun i think um damn well, he's not going to fight Josh Dodson. I was going to say Mirav, but Mirav's a wrestler, and you know what I saw. In the well, that's mat. the problem, bro. Like you got this is no longer just a stand up. This is in boxing. Mm-hmm. TJ, I keep going back. TJ Dillashaw said these dudes are being bred to fight and mix martial arts at every aspect of the game, bro. Mm-hmm. So if you can't cut it, at least you can't stop takedowns or have solid takedown defense. I mean, oh, you know, or 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 defense on the ground. What what what, what what's next for him? Yeah, I think I think the UFC is gonna do what they did to Connor. You know, put a lot of strikers in front of him that they knew he was gonna beat. Um, but what about, I think, a, what about a Cody Stamen? Uh, that would be that would be cool. But I think I think Sonya Dong is a, is a prospect that's you know rising as well, and they can make a great fight out of these two guys. He's number thirteen right now. Yep. I think he can beat him. He has the size. Song is going to strike with him, so I think he has a striking advantage. That will be a good fight for him to bounce back. Even Dominic Cruz, bro. Dominic Cruz is, you know, he's number 11 right now. He's a legend. But if you beat Dominic Cruz, you jump in the top uh, he, 10 he right would, away. He would, he would beat Dominic Cruz. Yeah, I think so, too, yeah. especially with the leg kicks. He can beat Dominic. But if he can beat Dominic, then his status goes all the way back up because people Sky still rockets. think that Dominic is one of the best bantamweights of all time. So, you know, it will be great. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the MRI. All right, Cheeto. Cheeto, oof. Cheeto needs a top 15 for sure. Well, he so, should be a top 15 ranked Rob soon. Rob Fun, Cody Stamen, Asunsa, that just lost to Cody Garbrandt, Jimmy Rivera, that just won uh, a great performance against Cody. I mean, I think, I think, I think now Cheeto's got options after yeah. that performance. I think he's got options. The great performance he put against Song Dong, it was great. So I think Cheeto will get that range between seven and ten. Right I there. hope so. And I hope he gets a ranking in front of his name, bro, because like you said, he's, he fought Song Dong extremely tough. I, we thought he won the fight and now he really did inflict that, um, that, that stoppage. So he yeah. needs to be credited for the way he's been fighting. I think Marab is going to replace Dotson at 12 and Cheeto that's going to replace Marab at 15. Okay. Sean, Sean stays tight. Sean stays packed. Who, who knows, bro? I mean, the, report, the, <laughs> the the guys love him. So I think the reporters are still going to vote for him to be in the top 15. Yeah. All right. We got the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Mm, the boa. He'll beat the boa constrictor um, two Saturdays ago. Great performance by, by uh, H-Town um, legend uh, Derek Lewis. I think I think he's going to fight um, Rosenstrike, bro. I think that's a fight to make. Oh, I like the that. Biggie boys, two biggie boys going at it, bro. bro Whoever like lands first, Rex is going at yeah, it. Yeah, bro. Whoever lands first wins the fight. So it's gonna be hard to predict that one. So I think that's a fight to um to make next in yeah. the heavyweight division. What's what's Derek Lewis? Derek's right now? four. He'll stay there. Yeah. Um, you can't move Curtis. You can't move Francis. But Daniel may drop out, so everyone may be bumped up one. So I could see Derek at three. I could see Rosenstruck at uh four. at four. And Oof. if they fight, bro. So let's say John doesn't come, right? Francis waits and fights Stipe. That fight between Rosenstruck and Lewis, if if could be for the next for the next title fight eventually, in about a year from now, because Derek yeah. says he wants to drop him another twenty. Yeah. Before he fights again, and and apparently Rosenstruck's already back in the gym. I love it. So I love it. He said Monday. That's yeah, right. He said Monday. So 
And then where do you leave Curtis Blades? Curtis Blades. Well, Dana, Uncle Dana wasn't so happy with old Curtis he his last not. fight. He was not. And we know one thing. You make Uncle Dana mad, he don't get title fights. Oh, I think if Stipe loses to Engano, then you make Curtis Blades against Stipe. Yeah, sure. But that's but but then but I don't know I don't know how much the UFC is in the Stipe Miochik business. I don't know how much they they he's he's an older heavyweight. Yes, he's the GOAT, but John's the GOAT and they won't give John a pay raise and they won't give him the fights he wants. His presser so, was great. His presser was, his presser really was good. good. He showed more personality. Yeah. I could understand what he was saying better. Yeah, you know, he was he was very happy and you know, I th- I think I think I think he's walking in the right direction in yeah. in terms of promoting the heavyweight champion. Yeah, well, I, I want to see Stipe go out on the right note, whatever that note is for him, because he is thirty eight, bro, and in this fight game, thirty eight. You know, even for the baddest man of all time, that division that that that's getting up there. So, however it plays out, I hope I hope that Stipe gets the ending he wants. Absolutely. And then we kind of touched on a little, a little bit. I had Rosenstruck here. And so you think that Derek Lewis versus uh, versus Rosenstruck is probably the fight to make? Absolutely, it's mm. gonna be a banger, bro. That should that should headline that should headline at least fight a fight night, night at least, or maybe be a co-main. I mean, you only need one or two rounds with this guy. But I'm saying, bro, if, if these guys are if you're looking for these guys to be the to be the next champions, they need to start fighting those five round fights. Yeah. Even, uh, all I'm saying is they're not going to go five rounds. I hope not. <laughs> there, but, there's uh, no chance. But um, Derek Lewis will pass out before the third. <laughs> <laughs> he drops 20 more pounds, bro. He's going to be floating around 240-something. He may be start Who, doing... Tri- yeah, he said he wants to drop 20 more he's pounds. He's been saying that for five years no, now. No, he's bro. for real. He's this, for real. This Houston barbecue he looked, is too good. No, he looked good. <laughs> he's looked good his last two fights. I mean, he's looked great. He's on a three-fight The, the kicks, thing. I'm talking about his like the physical mm-hmm. the physicality, the kicks that he's throwing, the the movement, the speed for a man that weighs 260-something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I think if he could just not have to cut weight like he has had in the past, he actually has to cut weight to get in the heavyweight I range. think that size is an advantage, too. You saw, I, I don't want to lose 20 pounds, but I don't want to, I don't, I mean, I don't want to be 245, but it would yeah. be nice if you could walk into fight. We got 260 so we can just be strong. That extra weight gave the boa constrictor a lot of he couldn't do problem. It. Yeah, bro. he couldn't do Too it. Heavy. He couldn't do it. Well, there's one thing for sure. There's a shit ton of amazing fights and I'm looking right here. I want some Wei, Wei Lee action. I want some Wei Lee Rose. I want some Wei Lee Rose. Oh. She fought back um, against Joanna maybe February, March. I think February, I think, February, March. I think these fights will get announced soon. These international we fighters are going to fight in Fight Island. Yes, fight yes, Island yes, yes, yes. In October, October, they go back. So I think all these international fighters are going to fight in Fight Island, and Wei Lee will be one of them. Bro, the women's divisions are so good right now. And I just want them to, you know, we don't know about Amanda. That's we know Shevchenko is coming back. Strawweight is ridiculous. So I just want these women to keep pushing it, man, because people are starting to starting to, starting to to open their eyes for them. And Amanda, if you ever listen to our podcast, don't retire, please. We want to yeah. see more of you. I need the lion. Fight Lioness. a dude. Fight a dude. I don't care. Fight a guy <laughs> in the bantamweight division. All right. All right. What's next if Amanda were to were to fight uh, someone in the bantamweight? Who, who, would you, who, would you, who would you pick for her? That she can beat? Yeah. Oof, I don't know about the top 15, but she can beat some guys in the bantamweight division that are not ranked. Bro, I don't know, man. I mean, she's, she's bad. Yeah, she can beat, she can beat the guy O'Malley beat. The, the guy he fainted the upper guy. I think she can beat him easy. Um, but I don't know what these, <laughs> these dudes on the top 15, man. All right. Well, that's it for any number two. What's next? Any number three coming up. We have our Daniel Cormier tribute. He has earned at least that and much more. I'm sure Carlos will have a lot to say. Any number three coming right now. All right, here we are in number three. And as I mentioned, this is the Daniel Cormier tribute. Cue the sad music, the violins. <laughs> Our man, Daniel Cormier, is off into the sunset. And uh, we decided to do this section because when you look this man up and you start to see his accomplishments you realize what kind of impact he's had on the MMA uh, world and you want to give him his, give him his props, give him his dues. So um, he may not go down as, as, as the greatest light heavyweight or greatest heavyweight, but he will go down as one of the best mixed martial artists of all time. Absolutely. You know, uh, the greatest light heavyweight, John Jones, Stipe, he lost, he lost twice to both of them on great, great rivalries. But when you look at Cormier's career, man, I mean, this guy is, 
one of the best to ever do it, one of the best combat sports athletes of all times. He's a strike force heavyweight Grand Prix champion, king of the cage, heavyweight champion, UFC light heavyweight champion, UFC heavyweight champion, defended both belts in the UFC. And my man is it's on the top six, we'll say now, uh, of all times in the UFC. His career has been solid. He's a great ambassador of the sport. He's a great commentator with the UFC. We all love DC for everything he's accomplished, the man that he is, um, you know, the father that he is, the way he takes care of his children, the way he teaches, um, yeah. wrestling. That's one of the biggest things, I think, yeah. is the way he, he has a school, passes along his knowledge. In San Jose, where he teaches a lot of kids how to wrestle, and, you know, they're one of the best uh, wrestling academy in the united states um so yeah bro you got anything to say on cormier yeah man i mean we got fight the night two times versus john jones and alexander gustafson some of the most uh notable people to ever uh fight in the light heavyweight division yet performance of the night three times anthony josh johnson Volk, um volcan uh ozdemir and stipe miocic first fighter to successfully defend titles in two different weight classes mm-hmm. uh fifth multi-division champion in ufc history this only the second simultaneous multi-division champion um with triple c like you said, the Strike Force champion, the the heavyweight Grand Prix champion, very early in his career. SP, he won the SPs, uh, yeah. Fighter of the Year, Fighter of the Year for the SP, uh, upset of the month in 2011 from ESPN when he beat Antonio Silva. Um, you know, King of the Cage. I mean, MMA Junkie ranked him uh, January Fighter of the Month, October Fighter of the Month, 18 Fighter of the Year, and this list goes on, man. And and you touch on his wrestling accomplishments. Just let me list off. These United World Wrestling uh, freestyle wrestling accomplishments. 2007 Wrestling World Championships bronze medal. 2007 Pan American Game bronze medal. 2007 Dave Schultz Memorial International Open gold medal. 2005 Silver Cup medalist. 2005 Wrestling World Cup silver medalist. 2005 Eva Memorial Tournament senior gold medalist. Mm. 04 Grand Peak gold. 03 Fila Absolute Champion bronze medal. 03 Ivan Cup again bronze medal. 03 Pan American Games gold medal. 2002 International Championships gold medal. 2002 Sun Kiss Kids ASU International Open gold medal. 2002 Pan American Games again, gold medal. 2002 again, this year was crazy for DC. Dave Schultz Memorial International Open, bronze medal. 01 Sunkiss Kids International, gold medal. 2001 Dave Memorial International Open, gold medal. In his USA wrestling career, he was a U.S. Senior National Champion in 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, and 08. He was a U.S. Senior World Team Trial winner in 05, 06, and 07, the Northwest Senior Regional Champion in 08, and the John Smith Freestyle Wrestler of the Year Award in 2007. And he won the professional, uh, he was introduced into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, George Trigos Award. He was given that um, in 2019. I mean, the list goes on. It's not done. You can go wow. into his, in his college career and, 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 and competing in D1 and being an All-American and being Big 12 runner-up of the year. And I mean, dude, this guy, from the time he was 18 years old. It's crazy that he's still fighting at 40 years old after all that rest. Bro, this is 20, listed, bro, this is 20, you know, 24 odd years in the fight game. It's crazy. It's crazy that at 40, he's still fighting at the highest level that combat sports have to offer. And DC, the, one of the greatest of all times. We thank you for everything you did for the sport, for all the memories that you brought and the good times that you brought for this sport and for all the fans, including us. And we'll be always be great and, fans of yours. And the memories to come because you are hands down our favorite analysts mm-hmm. behind the booth. Him and Dom. Him and Dom with uh, with Anik and, 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 and Joe. And um, he's just going to continue to give back to the game and give back to his community. So, Absolutely. DC, we salute you. You are an amazing champion, amazing ambassador, as Carlos mentioned. And um, we look forward to seeing what the future holds. And train with you. Yeah, we're going to train with you soon. All right, brother. All righty, here we are. Inning number four, which will be our last inning of this podcast, this show. We're going to head back to the social dive because... After some after some big main events, it's always fun 
to mm-hmm. see what uh, the Twitter world, uh, the toxic world has to say <laughs> oh, about, uh, about the guys fighting. So we're going to start off right at the top. Everyone. It's almost like some guys are happy that, that these guys are losing. Oh, finished, bro. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No doubt. But everyone and their mother, especially Cody, no chin Garbrandt and triple C are calling out Sean O'Malley and tell, tell, tell them what, uh, what they've had to say. You know, Cody Garbrandt had to say that not everybody's made for war. He said sugar free, hashtag sugar free. Uh, talking about O'Malley, oh, um, no. you know, possibly um, he said that he quit. Um, you know, it was not a good look. A lot of fighters have been um, stunned with, with calf kicks and they try to keep going. Um, so Cody definitely took a chance to take shots at O'Malley and call him out on that. And Triple C, he said, I had no legs on the fight against Moraes. I had no legs on the fight against um, Demetrius Johnson. And I still found ways to win fights. Um, so, you know, he's also calling him out saying there is, he, they all bend the knee and there's only one Triple C. And, you know, it's true. Triple C has been through some wars and he's been able to come out on top. He's one of the greatest also to ever do it. Um, so we can wait to see Triple C back. And maybe at some point in the future, we see a Cody Garbrandt versus Sean O'Malley fight. That'll be fun. That'll be that a lot be a of trash fight. talk. Um, so I can, I can wait for, for the future, man. The UFC, the future is so bright for the UFC right now. They got yeah. so many great fighters, so many fights, um, to make. And I cannot Bro, wait. Think, think like five years ago. If you were to ask someone about the UFC, they would probably know uh, Conor McGregor, Silva, uh, Silva, and John Jones. Probably. Yeah. And now, even if you ask a casual, I, I would I would bet you they could they could rattle off ten to fifteen. Yeah. 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 It's a great place for the sport to be. So yeah, Cody Garbrandt said some people are made for war. Hashtag sugar free. And he also mentioned pre-fight. When they were kind of going back and forth on Twitter, hopefully he wouldn't have to be uh, carded, uh, carted off of the uh, off of the canvas again because like it's already happened once. So I meant to touch on this actually in the what's next. I think that Sean O'Malley needs to move up. I think he needs to move up to one forty five. I think he's too tall. He's too quick twitch. He's um, he has too much movement um, to have that kind of weight cut. The weight cut looked very difficult this time around. It did. And I truly believe that he needs a little bit more mass on the bottom because this isn't the first leg injury he's had. Mm-hmm. And if he's not breaking stuff, if he's not really seriously injured, but he's still crumbling like that, then that's just, to me, that's just like a stability problem down below. Yeah. I mean, I, he can fight at 145. The problem is he loses the advantage of the height and the length that he has at bantamweight. You know, you fight bigger guys like Sabit at featherweight, then you lose the advantage that you have with with the, with the long arms and the long legs. But at the same time, he's got the skills. I mean, to he's succeed. taller, longer than than Volkswagen. He is that he is. Um, but you know, I think he can fight at featherweight also. But you know, he can win a championship at, at bantamweight and then move to to featherweight. Which is why I think is a plan for him right now. The plan is is on hold, but I think I think the future is bright. The way he was striking Cheeto early in that fight showed me that he's got really crisp striking that he can com- compete with the best of the best. Um, unfortunate situation happened where you know he went down because of the leg, um, but we'll see. The future is bright for this kid. He's only what twenty five, twenty six. Yes, so you know he will be back. He will be better. And I'm not you know. doubting him. I'm not doubting him. I'm, I'm just saying that I think when you have multiple leg injuries like that, I and mean, he has a famous. Uh, the famous interview with he's on his back when Joe Rogan's talking to him mm-hmm. and he's like, I fucking love you, Joe Rogan. Like that. He was having a, a leg problem. I think yeah, he was fight. out for a long time. He was out for quite a while. So, um, you know, and, and kind of piggybacking off of talking about O'Malley a little bit, Ariel Habwani uh, posting on Twitter this morning, update on Sean O'Malley from a source close to him. The x-ray on his ankle slash lower leg came back. Okay. No fractures, but MRI is needed once his swelling goes down. They're going to look for ligament and tendon tears. They will also scan the knee, but he can't do the MRI or scan until the swelling subsides. So no x-ray break, but it does sound like he has quite a bit of swelling Maybe from the leg kick or maybe or maybe from something worse. We'll have to wait and see about that. Yeah, every fighter has some swelling after every fight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. But if it's big if it's bad enough to where they came to MRI, then I would I would imagine that maybe something's going on underneath there. We'll have some updates for you guys uh, on the next episode of Omali. Yeah. Or you know, just go to the walkout page. We'll we'll have it there. Yeah. 
So we got uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Figueredo. Um, they're officially going to fight on um, UFC 255, which is November 21st. And uh, they had a little back and forth um, on Twitter. Uh, he uh, Figueredo had said that Cody Garbrandt's title shot would be unfair, and he issues warning to the uh, other flyweight contenders, and Cody Garbrandt snapped back and said, he is only interested in fighting with me to see if I can make flyweight fly a priority when his fat ass couldn't make it on his own on his own weight cut for his first title shot. Then he tagged um, UFC, Ali, Dana White, Sean Shelby, and McMannard. So uh, shortly after that, there was the fight that was announced and um, Figueredo's manager actually texted and told Cardio Garbrandt to tell everyone that we're going to knock him out which then he said, he said, he better hope he does. LOL, I'm going to break his ass in there. Watch. Well, that's some, that's not great Twitter fingers from Cody. Oh. But uh, this is going to be a good fight, man. Yeah, Cody's, Cody's a great fighter. I mean, you know, he lost three fights in a row, be a knockout. He got careless. I mean, he didn't have the right plan, but he's a great fighter, period. Davidson is an animal in that weight division. And I got I to gotta show some respect for Davidson because he can pick the easy fights that he has in front of him at flyweight. But no, he wants money. He wants to be a legend in this sport. And he picks a tougher fight against a bigger opponent on Cody Garbrandt. This fight is going to dictate who Davidson Figueredo really is. It's going to dictate if he can compete at bantamweight. It's going di- to dictate if he can win championships at bantamweight. And the way he performs on UFC 255, is gonna, it's, a new star is going to be born, I feel like. I think he can beat Cody. I think he has every single tool to be champ for a long time. It's all about putting it together and be able to win this fight. If he can win this fight, man, superstardom is ahead of him. He's going to move to Bantamweight. He's going to challenge for that title. And he might be a two-division champion, so we'll see. The hype is real behind this guy. He's knocking dudes out in flyweight. we never seen a flyweight knocked out dudes out cold like he's doing. So, you know, this new wave of, of prospects is, is really exciting. Yeah. Um, I also think this is going to dictate a little bit for Cody, too. Because Cody is a little bit pushed down in the bantamweight picture. Mm-hmm. But if he captures his flyweight belt... He could go up and try to be double champ. He could vacate the flyweight and immediately get um, a title a title shot after uh, Jan versus probably Sterling shakes out. So there's a lot riding for both of these guys. Figueredo is a bad, bad man. But um, Cody was a champion at like 25 years old, bro. This yep. dude is no slouch. He did get slept a couple times. That's why we kind of say, oh, Cody, no chin. But um, my, man's, my man's can throw down. And if his striking and his game plan continue to get better, um, this is going to be a war. I cannot wait for this fight. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun. Yeah, so we got uh, Khabib telling and saying in an interview that if Conor McGregor or Dustin, um, I'm sorry, if Conor McGregor or Tony Ferguson want to fight him, they need to come back and they need to beat Poirier first. Uh, Khabib's coach did recently say that um, that he thinks that Conor is still Khabib's toughest matchup. And Khabib was quoted saying that he believes that Conor striking is also better than, um, Justin, than, Gaethje. than Justin Gaethje. So, there's a little bit of is that a little bit of props being thrown towards Connorway from from the Khabib side, yeah, and I mean, um, maybe Khabib wants that last that last big hype fight uh, before he goes off into the sunset. Absolutely, if you want to retire thirty and O, Connor is the right fight to do that. Love it. <laughs> you know he, he's gonna beat Connor again. I feel like, but at the same time, he's gonna make so much money that he will not have to work for himself. Like, already, he has a lot of money, but he's gonna make a lot more on that second fight. It's gonna sell more than the first fight. The Oof. hype is gonna be even more because they still hate each other to the gut. And the way that that first fight ended, man, you know, it it, it left Connor kind of salty. So I think Connor's gonna train better. I think his takedown defense is gonna be better, and I think it's gonna be a better fight overall. So I'm really excited to see first in October, Gaethje versus Habib, and then hopefully Habib is Gaethje, and then we get Connor instead of GSP. I don't want to see Khabib fight GSP. I think GSP is too old already. He's been out for a long time. Yeah, he beat Bisping, but, you know, Bisping's not at the level. You know, with all respect to Bisping, he's a legend, but he's not at the level that Habib is. Um, I don't think that's in disrespect either. Yeah, but I don't want to. That's not like. I I think Bisping was a great fighter. He's a legend of the sport. He's a good fighter, too. He's won so many fights, but, you know, I don't want to disrespect the guy, but I think Habib's level is just different, like nothing we've seen before. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see GSP come back. I don't want to see him fight Khabib. I think that would be uh, 
it, it just wouldn't do it for me for his last fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like you said, I think Connor went into that fight. I, I think he he kind of ate his words a little bit. He was saying a lot of kind of iffy stuff in the pressers and, and in the media. And for Connor, it was all business. But I think this next time around, it'll be more than business for Connor if oh, he yeah. gets to fight Khabib again. And um, I, I I think Khabib's dad, from what we know, what we knew of him and what we've heard, is he's always pushing Khabib to be the best version that Khabib could be. He was always making him fight the toughest opponents, giving him the toughest battles mm-hmm. to form him into the man and the champion he is today. So with that in mind, if you got Khabib's coach saying that Connor is the toughest matchup that's still around, I do think that that could be a great fight for Khabib to go out on. Maybe next July. Now, he's making a fight Poirier, so let's not jump over that hurdle first. I mean, he says he's gotta, that. He's got to beat he Poirier. He says that, but what I'm, I'm, I'm no, saying... No, what I'm saying is, if they fought, let's not think that Connor's going to beat Poirier easily. I'm saying that he's... That's 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 not that's not true. Okay, he's not but if it happens... Him. Oh, no. If Connor has to fight Poirier, that's a freaking roadblock. Yeah. Poirier's <laughs> a bad man. <laughs> Poirier's a bad man. This isn't the same Poirier that he fought at 145 back in 2014. 14 2015 this is a different Poirier a much bigger cleaner uh striker better grappler version of himself smarter smarter, more motivated but I'm saying that there's not the timetable doesn't doesn't plan out if Khabib said he wants to fight in October and then in April I could see him pushing that timeline maybe to July to fight Connor. Connor needs a lot of training. And he can bro. fight in July because of Ramadan. Right. So maybe next August or something like that mm-hmm. or next September. So I could see him fighting in October and I could see him and Connor coming to an agreement sometime early in 2021 and them gearing up for a big, massive clash in September. And, yeah. and then, and then we'll see where we're at. I don't think that, that he's that the timetable that Khabib's looking for. I don't think that the Connor fight versus Poirier to recover, to retrain for Khabib is is in the cards. Yeah, we said before that if there's one guy that's not a champion that can sit on his couch for two years and come back and fight for the title, that's Connor because oh, yeah. of what he's done for the sport. Oh, yeah. The sport is what it is right now because of Connor McGregor, and we're grateful for that. I mean, that. he's still ranked number four, and yeah. it, it would be a rematch, and Connor did yeah. take the only round of Khabib's career. Yeah. Up it's, to this point. And still being number four doesn't mean you get a title shot right away, but Connor is the only guy that can do that. And and we want to see that fight. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want Khabib to retire hell without fighting Conor. Yes, again. I want to see that. And so we got uh, our last one of the of the social dive. We have Colby Covington versus Finally. Woodley on September nineteenth. It's finally official. There was so much back and forth with the contracts. Colby's posting the contract. Woodley saying he'll fight Colby anywhere, anytime, just not then. And you know, you had Colby saying, "Let him go to Fight Island and save the card and fight Woodley and drop him into the Shark Tank." Woodley's coming off of what twelve straight, twelve straight rounds he's lost, something like that. Uh, ten. ten straight rounds he's lost. So I want to see. I'm kind of sad it's not a five round fight. It's a three rounder. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Oh, not, it's it's on it's on Costa and and it's Sanchez on the Costa fight. fight. So it's most likely going to be a three rounder. Um, but I still think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is a fight that we wanted. You know, Colby Woodley, Woodley former champ, Colby. Went toe-to-toe with Kamaru Usman, the toughest test that Usman's had to date. And I think that's going to be a great fight, man. Woodley needs to make some major, major, major adjustments if he wants to beat Colby. He needs to be more active. The volume that Colby puts on his opponents overwhelms them. And I think if Woodley can be able to counter more and be first more, um, he, he should be able to win that fight. Woodley possesses the power. Colby possesses the volume and the technique. So we'll see how this plays out. I don't think they're going to go to the mat. Um, Kobe's a great wrestler. Woodley has great wrestling background. Um, highest takedown defense uh, on on the Walter on welterweight history. So we'll see how this fight plays out, man. I think it's gonna be interesting because Kobe doesn't possess the power to put you out, but w- w- Woodley does. But we need to see adjustments from Woodley. I agree. So a little bit of update here. This is from MMA Junkie two days ago. Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley will finally get to settle their differences. Covington and Woodley have announced on social media that they will fight September 19th, although the UFC has yet to make this official. It's unclear if the fight will be a five-round main event fight or will be the on the on the card a part of UFC 253. Dana White has said 
that he wouldn't mind pushing back the Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Acosta one week. Ooh. So they could headline a fight night. UFC 253 September 26th. Oh, so they pushed it. Maybe they pushed it back then. Yeah. Well, we could be looking at a five round fight for these boys. Yeah. And if that's the case, um, I'd rather that I, I think I think Colby. Um, yeah, I September nineteenth is UFC Fight Night one seventy eight. So we'll get a full five rounds with this dude. Full five. Okay, that makes more sense. I feel better about it. I like it even more now. Um, Co- what Colby showed me against Usman, even though he did not win, he did have the jaw break. I had him winning on my scorecard going into the fifth. If Colby would have survived the fifth round and wouldn't have been a ten to eight, I had him winning the belt. I think Colby. You had Colby three to one. I had Colby three to one. I think he will is going to win this fight, and I think it's going to be it's going to be in in dominant fashion. Yeah, I, I, I. So one scorecard was three to one Colby. Yes, like you said, one scorecard was three to one Usman, and one scorecard was two to two. Yep, which is what I had two to two. Um, the fifth but round decided the, whole, the fifth yeah. round, decided the fifth the round fight. was a decisive, and Usman showed what he's a champion. He came out strong. So Colby. Colby is a, a bad dude, man, bro. bro. He's a bad man. He's a great man. fighter. He's, he's the toughest test Usman's ever had. He should stay off Instagram and he should stop posting those bang energy videos because yeah. they brutes magoots. And Woodley needs, needs to, needs to, needs, he needs to get going. He needs to throw this is Woodley's last, strikes this per is, round. This is Woodley's last, I think this is Woodley's last big shot. I want to see Woodley throw 50 strikes per round. This is what, Woodley's last big shot. And don't forget, if Woodley wins this fight, bro, Colby is still ranked, I think, number two. Yeah. A number one and number two right as back. a contender, so it puts him back into it. So um, Woodley's got a massive opportunity, but so does Colby here. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for the social dive. We have the closing coming up right now. All right, y'all. That's it for episode number fourteen. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we had a great time. It's our first time back in our little studio here, and in, in, in an episode or two, we had to do our last one uh, audio only on the road um so we will keep bringing you the podcasts um we love doing it and uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it yeah thank you guys for the support as always you know keep following us in uh instagram on the walkout podcast follow the the podcast on apple spotify and youtube yeah and uh those are the main ones those are the main ones we're gonna keep bringing the great content and there's a lot of great fights coming so we're gonna stay on top of it yeah and the walkout podcast has some things in in the works we have some plans for some big stuff and uh some crazy behind the scenes access for you guys uh coming up in a couple of months so we're looking forward to that thank you so much again and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next episode